Hey, Lewis here. I mean, obviously it's me, right? I'm the only guy who actually runs this freaking show. Anyways, I'm here to tell you about something that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. It's not going to be ready until later this year. However, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it so you can get it for free. Here it is. I am going to be releasing a podcast monetization masterclass. I've been spending the last few months on this, building it, refining it, even training my team on how to use this with our own clients. When it is out and finally published and ready, it will be anywhere from, I'd say, $47 to $197. I'm not sure what I'm going to price it at yet, and there will be a lot of bonuses that go with this course as well. However, the first 100 people who actually raise their hand, say they want it, and actually go through the course and give me good feedback are going to get it for free, okay? So if you want to be one of those 100 people, there will be a link to a page where you can sign up and add your name to it and your email, and then I will send you the 1.0 version of this course when it is out, all right? You'll be one of the first 100 people. Once I hit 100 people, I am shutting it off, and it will be a paid product, and that will be it, all right? So make sure if you want this course for free, be one of those 100 people because that is the only way you will be able to get it for free. All right, that is it. Now back to this episode. What is going on? Welcome back to the Podcast Domination Show. This is a episode from a cool little series we're calling the Where Are They At or Where Are They Now series, which is a series where I simply bring back a former client who has done some amazing things with their podcasts and we catch up. We talk about where they were at before we met them, um, what we did together, where they're at now, what they are learning, and some insights, tips, strategies to help you grow and monetize your podcast even further. Now, today's episode is with Katie Ferraro. If you don't know that name, Katie is uh, a lot of things, so I'm going to try and name off all the amazing things she is. So first of all, she is a mother of seven children. That's right, I said seven children. She gets into that little bit about that story right, right when we start, okay? She's also a registered dietitian a college professor and an entrepreneur. Um, and I would call, I would also throw this last one in here. And that is an Instagram influencer. Okay. So she has quite a following on Instagram. She is loved by many, many parents all across the world. And, um, we, Katie and I linked up about, uh, early to yeah earlier last year in 2020 to launch her podcast, which is called baby led weaning made easy. It is consistently in the top 20 of Apple podcasts in the parenting category. If you go and check it out, and through that podcast, she has been able to monetize um, that audience that is on the podcast multiple ways, which she gets into in this interview. She's also been able to take some of the strategies that we taught her early on to launch the podcast initially and be able to replicate those strategies into quarterly growth splurts or spurts, however you want to call it, um, to help her accelerate the number of ratings and reviews as well as downloads that she's gotten. In addition to that, she has been able to take the podcast and use it as a way to attract big name sponsors or big name uh, partners to help her with these with contests that she's running, as well as big name guests that have come on the podcast that are legends in her space. She drops a ton of content and a ton of small tips, so you're going to want to take episodes on this episode. Also, fair warning, she does speak fast. Um and you may want to slow it down a little bit because like when you're when you're speaking to Katie, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You know, it's going to be fast. But all in all, this is an amazing interview. If you are launching a podcast right now or if you already have a podcast, you're going to learn a ton because Katie and her team are one of the best. They're, they're some of the they have, she has some of the best people I've ever met on her team who do her podcasts. And you're going to hear how she runs that team, what they do and um, 
a lot of details around structure um, of the podcast and it's it's hard to encapsulate in this intro. I'm probably doing it a horrible job right now. But anyways, I want you to take notes, replay this, um, reach out to Katie if you have questions about to her. If you're looking to launch a podcast, obviously get in contact with us if you haven't already. And without further ado, enjoy my episode with the great Katie Ferraro. In a world where ad costs are continually rising and prospects are getting more and more skeptical about who they can trust, how can you reach new people in a way that's authentic and effective? A place where you can build trust at scale and convert skeptical prospects into raving fans and clients. Hey, my name is Luis Diaz, and you're listening to the Podcast Podcast Domination Domination Show, the place for entrepreneurs and businesses that want to know how to build a podcast that helps them grow their business, get more clients, and build their brand. I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me. So Katie, it's um it's been a minute since we've chatted, probably almost a year now. But um I uh, had an idea the other day. I was like, I really want to chat with all the people we 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 helped last year and just kind of see where they're going and kind of catch up with them. Um so first of all, I honestly didn't think you were going to book. I thought you were going to be too busy. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to try and get Katie on, but I don't think she's going to respond to me. I spend so much time Thank asking you. people to be on my podcast that whenever anyone asks me to be on their <laughs> theirs, especially if it's like clearly automated and easy and they know what they're doing and just click a link and it adds to your calendar and then the link is there. I'm like, heck yeah, I want to talk to Lewis. It's been a while. <laughs> for real, for sure. So um, for those listening, they probably heard the intro already. So I know a little bit about your business and and what you do. But for those, I you know, there's always obviously details that weren't gonna be, aren't going to be covered. So can you just give a high level overview of your podcast um, and what you do? And then um, we can dive into your podcast story and kind of like catch people up to like what you've been up to now. Sure. Well, I'm a registered dietitian and I'm a mom of seven small children. So I specialize in an approach to starting solid foods with your baby called baby led weaning. So it's an alternative to traditional spoon feeding. I struggled a lot with spoon feeding my oldest daughter. And then I ended up having quadruplets next. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to spoon feed quadruplets. So <laughs> kind of discovered baby led weaning again, looking for an alternative. Cause we, we'd had such a terrible experience spoon feeding and my daughter wouldn't eat. And I was like at the height of my frustration with her being like, you know, I can't even feed the one baby I have at home. How am I going to feed four more babies when I have these quadruplets? So fast forward the, we did do baby led weaning with the quadruplets. Um, they ended up eating a hundred different foods before they turned one. It was this like life-changing experience. So such a more positive experience. And I kind of decided to go whole hog into baby led weaning and switch the whole focus of my nutrition career, uh, to focus on baby led weaning and teach others how to do it. Um, since then we had another set of multiples baby twins. So we now we had seven kids in four years, and under four years and less. So like there had seven kids, four and under for a while. Um, the babies just turned three. So we, we still have seven kids, but they're now six and under. I mean, I've been doing baby led weaning exclusively for four and a half years at this point. Um, and I have always been selling digital products and teaching parents and caregivers. I'm also a college professor. So future healthcare professionals, how to do baby led weaning and how to start solid safely. But my problem was that as great as my growth was on social media. I drive, I have a free webinar model to sell into a digital program, a signature product. I was driving hundred percent of my traffic from Instagram and you know, you're building your empire on borrowed land. Essentially Instagram could go away tomorrow. And obviously we do a fair amount of email list building and email marketing. So you own your email list, but I really just wanted to add another pillar. 
And there's so many platforms out there. I just remember thinking as, as a, as a mom and an educated mom and a busy mom, I think like, what platforms do I use? Because that's really what my target audience is as well. And I thought, gosh, you know, I, everything I learned about digital marketing, I learned from podcasts. I was not on bed rest with my quadruplets, but I pretty much didn't move for the last 20 weeks. I ended up going 34 weeks with them and um, full term is 40 weeks, right? But the average gestation for quadruplets is 28 weeks. So once I got past 28 weeks, I did not move. And all I did was listen to podcasts. And I thought, you know, it's such a great medium for transferring information, especially about feeding. I mean, Instagram is one thing and seeing the actual foods, but for some of the concepts we cover, I was like, you know, there's no baby led weaning podcast out there. And that's a platform that I like, and I'm comfortable with. And I, I like email. So we do email marketing. I like Instagram. So we do Instagram marketing, but I love podcasts. And so, um, we met with you beef. My goal was to have the podcast launched. Um, it was the goals were pre pandemic, but we were able to stick with our goals. It was kind of like our quarantine baby for our team was this podcast because we had weekly meetings with you and we really, you know, we stayed on track, like within a quarter, we decided, you know, three months from now, we're going to launch the podcast. Um, and it really ended up being just, you know, such a great timing that the podcast came out two yeah. months into quarantine. It launched um, the beginning of May, Mother's Day weekend, which we really, um, we centered that hard around Mother's Day because it is such mm -hmm. an important transition part of parenting is helping your baby learn how to eat. And so we launched around Mother's Day, right on Mother's Day weekend, actually it took us three months to kind of get our whole act together. But it really has been just a boon for the business because it's this other pillar where people find my content, find my webinar, buy my course, and it is mm -hmm. transformative for their life as well, because they're no longer stressing about feeding their baby. They're actually enjoying and having fun feeding their baby. Right, right. Yeah. And, and and I remember us first meeting at um, Amy Porterfield's uh, event in November in San Diego of uh, 2019. And uh, I know October, I think it was, of, of, of 2019. But anyways, I remember hearing that conversation and just hearing a little bit about your story and how you help people and kind of like what you're doing. And then hearing kind of like the whole thing of like, I've got this amazing audience on, on Instagram. Um, it's growing. However, it's like, I know it can be gone the next day. And I know that's like an unsettling feeling as a business owner. Cause you've poured your blood, sweat and tears in that to those Instagram accounts. They've produced great results. But again, it's like you're saying you're, you're building on rented land. Um, so the podcast was obviously a move to like getting you into a place that's, uh, you know, it's yours. It, no one can take it from you. And it's a place that people are, are, are going to find you besides that. Um, what, one of the things I, I would, I want to say, I want to kind of, I want to ask you some questions here because like, your business is like a lot of people listen to this podcast are marketers, coaches, consultants. So you have a very similar business model. Maybe you're not selling B2B, but you are, you are in the similar model. Like you said before, using webinars and whatnot, um, selling digital products, um, and doing all the things that most people that listen to this podcast are doing for you as a, as a, first of all, a busy mom, business owner, um, we just talked about the podcast before about how you guys are like way ahead of schedule and the things are rocking there. Uh, I guess what from a uh, maybe from a mental level, um, what has the podcast done? How's that impacted you? Because I know it was things were different late before the podcast got launched. Like, how does that like change now? I think the thing that has contributed the most to our success, and when we launched, so we launched at number seven in parenting, and we have been as high as number two in parenting. I cannot yep. beat Dr. Laura. Dr. Laura is always number one. She always will be. Um, and I love Dr. Laura, but <laughs> still, credit we, too, right? <laughs> we keep staying high in parenting. And I think part of it is because we picked the right category where we wanted 
to perform. Um, family yeah. has gotten really challenging, especially during the pandemic, because a lot of parents are turning to podcasts, especially I, as a mom of younger kids, for stories. And like, if you look at like other people reading stories on a podcast is a huge thing now. That wasn't a thing a year ago. So <laughs> being in parenting, no. I think um, picking the right category and focusing on it, really drilling down on the metrics every week, but like just treating it as another part of your business and not a hobby. I see so many people like, yeah, yeah, I have a podcast. And you look and you're like, you haven't put anything out in months. Like it is part of our business. And it's part of our content calendar. And it's been so easy to layer in the podcast episodes with what we're doing on Instagram, with what we're doing on our blog, with what we're doing on email, with what we're doing in launches. Like we've been able yeah. because we, we can, because you control the content. It's not like being invited on someone else's podcast. And to be honest, having a highly rated podcast has also I have been invited onto lots of other podcasts, but we've been able to be very selective about it because um, mm. there's only time to do so much podcasting as part of your business. So I love like being in charge of the content, laying out the content calendar, and just again, treating it as part of the business as opposed to a hobby, I think has been really important because so many business owners claim to have a podcast, but it's not part of their revenue generation strategy. It's not part of their content calendar. And they right. sit down and then you know you listen to them, they're just rambling. Like mm -hmm. everything is scripted. We work really hard to make it sound like it's not scripted, but like there are no minced words. There isn't there's there's no wasted time. And the parents appreciate that. I don't have a lot of time. I'm folding laundry. I'm driving to work. I'm walking <laughs> my kid. You're talking to me about okay, what do I do? You know, how do I safely introduce my baby to shrimp? Or what do I do if my my baby's overstuffing food? Like very basic um, questions that we can answer in a short period of time. And I have a um, format that we kind of fell into within like the second month of the podcast, which was yeah. two episodes a week. And we launched with 20 episodes and I'm really glad we did that. I, I see so many podcasts launch with two and you're like, even if I like you, there's only two things to listen to. I forget about yeah. it. But starting with those 20 and it's crazy, we're 109 episodes in at the time of this recording. Um, two of the like top 10 downloaded ones are within those first 20. Like people will go <laughs> all the way back and listen from oh, yeah. the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that's cool. Like, again, and you only know that from watching your numbers, you see what content, you know, people are interested in. And we've kind of moved to a model where Monday episode is a very short baby led weaning training. I do solo. I can batch the heck out of those, do months at a time. Um, I love yeah. that. And then Thursday <laughs> is an interview. We spend a lot of time. I have a research associate who helps me, you know, research who we're going to have on, make sure we know everything about them, make sure, you know, that the questions are, are really tight. Um, and that's been just fabulous being able to connect, especially during the pandemic with other leaders in your industry. And we can now ask pretty much anyone, CEOs of, of different food companies who come on in different brands, um, as well as mm -hmm. sharing stories from our audience, et cetera. Like, it's just so nice to be able to connect with other people during a time, time where you feel really isolated. Like, I'm at home literally talking to seven kids all day. The only adults I talk to sometimes <laughs> are those who come on my podcast. On this podcast, yes. I love it. I love it. So you broke down a little bit of the strategy there, and I'll pull it out for some people. We launched with 20 episodes. I remember that we were very intentional about that because when we first met, you were like, I've got a lot of like, you get the same questions all the time. And I tell people this all the time. Like if you're going to launch and you have questions that people are always asking you, then sometimes those questions can be the best answers or be the best episodes that turn into the highest downloaded ones. So I'm glad to hear that. Like those people are still going back and finding some of those early episodes. Um, for the end the other day, my wife and I were listening to a podcast and she is not a podcast. Oh my God, your like wife. I, I forgot you're married. Yeah, I'm married. Now. That sounds yeah. so cool. Congratulations. Little update. Right, thank you. Thank you. So she went and listened to a podcast. It's a friend of mine. Um, he's been doing it for 10 years. She went all the way back to listen to episode one in like 2013. <laughs> I was like, why would you do that? And I'm just like, I'm, I'm a, I like, I'm a marketer. I like to study think people. And she's like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you know, I thought we were going to watch this, listen to this from the beginning. I was like, I guess, but <laughs> I'm not listening to, to this guy's like 
worse stuff, not worse stuff, but like some of his early episodes when it was a lot rougher. Um, and it was just funny because like, you're right. People go back and listen to those old episodes. Like even they if, do. even if it's like from years ago or a year ago, it's still relevant. And the stuff, the FAQ episodes we, I know we launched with, those are really pivotal, like foundational things. So first of all, launching with 20 episodes, um, having a lot of content that's, you know, evergreen stuff at the beginning. And then you've moved into this flow now where it's like, it's a solo episode and an interview episode, right? Um, tell me a little bit about what you, we, we talked a little bit offline about it, but for you and for people for context, um, it's been less than a year. You're almost at half a million downloads now. So you've been absolutely crushing it. Um, and that's not like, for, I'm not taking any credit for that. Like that is like you guys and your team. Well, you we wouldn't have even had a podcast you. if you didn't make us meet with you every week. So it was like the accountability <laughs> factor to get it done. But no, we, we kind of, we, and we, you taught us what the metrics were like, what should you be aiming for and how important the numbers are? Cause I think a lot of people do a podcast and they don't know why they don't know if it's yeah. working, but like, if you watch your numbers, like anything, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You were just sharing with me like the, the dashboard you guys have created with some of the, some of the insights we talked about early on amazing stuff. Um, what has, what has been working for you in terms of growing the podcast? It's something I get asked all the time. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm only one person. So I love to learn from other people that have, we've worked with and see what they're iterating. Cause one thing that we struggled with was watching downloads go up, but not getting ratings and reviews. And like, mm. again, if you listen to podcasts, like you don't even, um, you know, rate review us on Apple podcasts. Like that doesn't even register anymore. Like everyone says it all the time. It doesn't mean anything. So what we started doing was as part of our launch calendar, we do a quarterly podcast review push. It's eight days long. We do um, one of the, the biggest takeaways that we learned from launching with you was doing the launch giveaway. Sorry. Oh yeah. One of the, yep, yep, one yep. of the biggest things, the biggest takeaway I think from working with you was the importance of the launch giveaway contest. When we realized like, people will do anything for a contest. It helped us <laughs> grow our list. It helped us um, with our initial downloads. And so we, we've started doing a contest every quarter. Uh, I wish we could do it every other month. It's just, we have a lot of other stuff on our calendar, but every quarter we do a podcast review push where we did. I think the first time we did it, it was, um, you know, people, people always reposting on Instagram and oh, I love this episode and that episode. And, you know, short of just asking for reviews, we would run a contest right. where um, if you leave a podcast review, you would just, because, you know, you can make up your own username for Apple podcast reviews, which is kind of strange. It's Correct. not tied to your yeah. Apple ID. So just make your username the same as your Instagram handle name. And if you leave a podcast review, you'll be entered to win. I think we did two or three sets of AirPods the first time. Mm -hmm. Like if you're listening to podcasts, you know, AirPods or you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Now we're doing um two high chairs. So we partnered with a, a big high chair company. So just two or three, you know, big ticket items, which in my space, mm -hmm. a, a $250 AirPods or a $500 high chair is a big deal. Um, and then and people like they've been meaning to leave you a review and they like your podcast, but now there's a very concentrated period of time where you're asking them to leave a written review. And every time we do it, we go to number two in parenting and we get a huge slew of reviews, which you then can reshare mm -hmm. as social proof in your email, on your, on your mm -hmm. uh, Instagram, social media, et cetera. And it's like other people are saying positive things about you instead of you always talking about your own podcast. And that's been yeah. a great way to help with reviews. Cause we really realized like, Downloads are one thing and ratings are one thing, but written reviews are the hardest to get, but you have to kind of yeah. have an organic and just not obnoxious way to get them. Like you're not tricking them into it. We were literally giving them something if, if they did it. And most people were saying, yep. I'm, I've been meaning to leave you a review. Another thing we also do for reviews that's really helpful is like uh, train the audience that we get our new episode ideas from you 
in your reviews. So if they email and say, Hey, you should do an episode on this. Oh my gosh. We, I, and I always say, I read every single review. I'm so sorry. I'm not able to respond to every DM or every email, but I want you to know, I read every single review on the podcast. And it means the world to me. If you like the podcast and leave a review, if you have an idea for a future episode, please put it in your review. And then when I, I do that, like we just did an episode on, um, I started purees too early. Should I stop before I do baby led weaning? Hey, this is Jessica's idea. Thank you so much. You left it in the podcast review. You guys, if you like the podcast and you uh, have an idea for an episode. So it's like training them that that's where they go. If they have a good idea, a lot of people do like, I've been wondering this. Well, that's where I go to ask her. My questions is in the review. Again, takes a little bit of smart. training, but it's better than just saying, you know, like rate and review us on Apple podcasts, which doesn't resonate with people <laughs> <Yeah>. anymore. <laughs> No, no, yeah, like, yeah, exactly right. A, it's white noise. B, if you can train the audience to get them to say, hey, this is where she pays attention. This is where she gets her questions. So go and put them here. It's like, like you said, you're training your audience to, to and redirecting them to the right place to where they can get their questions answered. And it's going to help you at the same time. So yeah. super smart idea. I've never thought of like training the audience to ask the questions inside of reviews. Um, but super, super slick. Now you mentioned and then before, following it up. So ahead. you're being, so there's integrity there where you're, when yes. they actually do it, you're calling it out and they go, Oh, well, that's cool. How'd she hear that? Hey, I get my best ideas from you guys. You guys. Um, mm -hmm. and one other thing I was thinking of that we did to really grow the podcast was with regard to email at the beginning, we had started an email opt-in list, like an interest list before when we were kind mm -hmm. of just building the podcast and getting ideas and working on the contest to launch. And our, our email list growth for the podcast wasn't growing. And then I realized like, I have a massive email list already. I opting everyone into the podcast version. I send an email every week to my list, but then I send a BLW podcast email every, every week as well, a separate email. They can opt out of that and just right. get my weekly email if they want. But we just pushed everyone and now the podcast email list is the same size as the regular <laughs> list. And it's an update. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm telling you, here's the two episodes that we did this week. Monday's training was this. Monday's episode was this. Click here, click here. And here's what's on tap for next week. So they kind of get a sneak preview. The only way to know what's mm. coming up is if you're on the email list. Um, and we don't have anyone unsubscribed from that. And the open rates are pretty high on that as well. And it's just another way, like that's easy to do because if you have your podcast episodes batched out, you can write those those yep. emails for weeks in advance. Um, and that's been helpful as well as leveraging your list, which is something you own with your podcast audience, which is another thing that you own. Again, just trying to take all of the eggs for me, at least out of the Instagram basket. I love Instagram. Yep. I still drive a ton of traffic to the podcast about it uh, because of it, but I just feel more comfortable now having this other pillar of my business that I'm fully in control of. Exactly. I love that. So one idea I've seen, I don't know if you thought about this, Katie, and I'll just kind of share this with you and everyone else here is that that BLW, uh, that podcast email list now is also an asset that you could potentially use for sponsorships or say, Hey, like for all of our sponsors, you're going to get like the coupon code if you're on the email list. So the sponsors are now getting access to an email list. And then you're also getting, they're also the listeners are getting like a potential discount or coupon code on something. So it's another piece of real estate that's podcast specific that you can monetize down the road if you ever decide to do that. So that's a, that's an amazing asset you've built. And you mentioned you like how you did it. You just moved everyone there. You're not selling anything in it. You're just giving them an update and they can opt out of it. Correct. Exactly. I Cause I was like, why am I banging my head against the wall to try to get people from my email list onto my podcast email list? It's the same people just right. put them on it. They can get out if they want to. Exactly. Exactly. And then they're yeah, hearing from you twice. Uh, yeah. They're hearing from you. And if yeah. it's a topic interests them, then they rem it reminds them to go because it is really hard as you know, to like get organically in podcasts because yes, the search function and mechanism, it doesn't recommend stuff that you might potentially like. So we, you kind of have to be in their face and in their ears from a lot of different angles. I feel like. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, I think one of the biggest underlooked 
under misunderstood things about podcasting is how to promote it. And like, am I being too spammy, too pushy? Am I doing it too much? Chances are no, because people are busy and they have more things to do than listen to your podcast. So you probably need to tell them more than once, right? Um, yeah. Now, I want to take, I want to pivot a little bit into kind of monetization and how you're doing that um, with the podcast. So you have a great webinar. Webinar has been going, you, you've originally were driving traffic from Instagram, I believe. Um, and now it's like, now that's the call to action on the podcast. Um, for you, how has that worked? It's kind of walk me through that since we last chatted or since the podcast launched. So we, another thing we've really trained our audience to do is, so the, the website is go to blwpodcast.com for whatever it is they're looking for. So a lot of times we'll tease recipes. I, I don't, recipes are tend to be lower priced items. So my competitors will sell $17 ebook with recipes. That's great, but I'm selling a $200 course on how mm-hmm. to actually make food safe for your baby to eat, but people like recipes and we know that. So we've kind of tied the podcast to a lot of our recipe content. So if we're talking about ground beef and how to feed your baby ground beef safely, in case you're scared of doing some of the more solid cuts of meat, ground beef is kind of a called a gateway mm-hmm. meat. I have a blog post with five different ground beef recipes. I'm going to link to it on the show notes for the podcast at this episode, go to blwpodcast.com. So instead of sending them to the blog post, of course, I know where the blog post is. I'm sending them right. to the show notes. Every episode, I'm sending them to the show notes. Anything interesting they hear me talk about, go to blwpodcast.com. We've seen our traffic on any post that has recipes, which is an email <laughs> opt-in, right? So they're listening to you for free, which is great. And they know who you are, but I want your email address. I use recipes and the downloads on, that I then embed on the show notes page to capture their email address and then follow up and basically get them into my webinar, at which point X percent of them will hopefully buy the program. So we've been using right. recipes a lot to kind of pull them in. Um, we've also been doing a few other options, not going, one thing I've learned, especially just from listening to other podcasters and other digital marketers is not going crazy on creating opt-ins. We have seven core opt-ins that we use the heck out of over and over and over again. And my model's a little mm. bit different because my audience turns over every six months, to be honest. Yeah. You are interested in me when your baby is six to 12 months of age. And then once you figure it out and your baby's a toddler, I have nothing for you beyond 12 months of age, but that's by design. But I hope when your child is feeding themselves this amazing variety of foods and your friends see it and like, whoa, why is my baby sucking pouches out of a pouch like or sucking purees out of a pouch that they'll ask about it. Oh, they listen to this girl on the podcast or I follow her on Instagram. So a lot of it is word of mouth, which is very hard to track. Yep. But we know that because we are asking them to leave reviews or they're interacting with us in our contests or um, you, you kind of get a feel for it. But from the monetization standpoint, we've been able to drive traffic into opt-ins, which then leads into the webinar funnel um, and doing that by just training them to go to the site, the yep. podcast show notes page. I'm um, doing that about, you know, every other episode is, is, or every third or fourth one maybe sends them to an opt-in and then one of them will send it to a, with a very specific call to action in every single episode. And that's one thing that was hard to do. I like to tell everybody about everything, but it's like, mm-hmm. what is the call to action? Is it, is it you're an affiliate code? Um, and to be honest, the podcast has certainly helped my affiliate business because I can have the owners, I'm an affiliate for eight very, very specific brands, but you can have right. the founders on and you can have other parents on talking about it and you're sharing your affiliate code. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also very hard to track. We don't change the code for the podcast, but we've seen our affiliate number, affiliate revenue spike along with spikes in downloads. So we kind of know that they're correlated. You're guessing on some of it, even though we're watching the heck out of the numbers. So it's helped with affiliate. It's helped with email list building, which in turn is helping with growth. Exactly. It's all kind of tied together, which it's really cool to see it actually happen because you hope that that's how it will happen. And for us, it took about probably six months till we really started seeing like 
whoa, mm -hmm. the downloads are spiking, the sales are spiking, the affiliate income is spiking. It's all kind of like in harmony now at one point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's kind of like you got to build that flywheel. And I don't talk about this much, but like there's like one of the things I look at your launch that worked really well is like you put volume in, right? Like you had these assets, you know what people wanted, you just started to put in the work and you tracked and you did that enough to kind of build this momentum up you know, in like with your existing audience, they started to talk and share and click and download. Um, and that's what kind of started that flywheel of like traction of people telling the telling other people and other moms and other, and other families. So I think that's, that's a big thing key to your success is like, you built the 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 systems, we, we worked together to build the systems and like your team executed and did a great job. And also just like, um, really just built that flywheel. And that's what I want people to listen and staying to. staying on it. Yeah. Like, we've never, we've yeah. never missed an episode, which is so cool. I miss right. everything else. My Instagram content calendar is always <laughs> off. I miss emails all the time uh, just because you run out of time. I never missed a podcast episode because like, I know at 2am on Monday and Thursday, like there's literally moms who wake up and like, listen. And if we were, I think we were late one hour, one time and people like noticed not a lot, <laughs> but enough. We were like, dang, man, people are actually paying attention, which is cool. Yeah. But again, if, if you get far enough ahead, um, and we were joking, like we can't do anything ahead, but like the podcast is something we can actually do ahead, which Sketch I really, ahead, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. I mean, having the right people in place and not, and I guess having one person who helps with the show notes, one person helps with the editing and everyone just does a little bit instead of one person doing everything. Oh, um, that's God, really yeah. helped. And we switched editors a few times just because once we started making money on it, we realized we could, we could pay for first. My VA was editing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like, he's like, why'd you take it away from me? I was like, you're not doing a bad job, but we're just actually making money. We can pay a professional editor to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're starting, we get fancy where we do different call to actions that we swap in and swap out dependent upon where we are in a launch and being able to tie in the call to actions. Like, okay, for these seven days, we're, we're, we're using this episode to then send them to the webinar. But then mm -hmm. once the webinar is over and now we're directing them to the sales page, we switch out the call to action. And then once that launch is over, we're sending them back to the evergreen webinar. Like that same podcast with three like the editors, like these take me five seconds to edit out. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, you have to do a whole different podcast. He's like, no, you don't make three different call to action. Send them to me. I'll tack them on. Tell me what days you want them to change. And it's like that podcast, every time someone's listening to it mm. is working for you in real time where you're at, whether it be to a webinar, yeah. to a sales page or to something else. Yeah, that's a huge. So, so I want to break that down for people because you just said is gold. Um, you have, let's just say you can do right now. You're doing two episodes a week. Now, do you increase the volume of when you're doing launches? Like, do you like drop like back we'll to back add episodes? A bonus in. So like we have a program called the hundred first foods program. And so whenever hundred first foods is in live launch, which is three times a year, we will, we get moms who are in the program. So we set it up with speak pipe, which has been like an amazing asset. They just leave us yep. basically like a voicemail in some cases, they'll actually interview them, which is more work, five different interviews in a one interview podcast. There's more editing, but we'll interview five moms who successfully did the program. And they're basically giving glowing testimonials about how amazing it was. And then right. well, if you want to learn more, go to the sales page, we'll do bonus stuff like that. Um, and then we'll actually switch out the call to action and make it evergreen and send them to the wait list for the program. If it's not currently mm. in enrollment. So it's all about just switching the call to action basically. And being very yeah. targeted on what the yeah. call to action is like what do you want them to do next now that you've inspired them with your content exactly exactly so so for people listening like let's just say you have a launch coming up you can have these these episodes that are testimonials or case studies or breaking limiting beliefs and then call to action currently that the time will be going to the live, live sales page when it's over you send it to your editor whoever and have them switch out the intro or the outro or the intro, outro, whatever, however you have your call to action set up and bam, for people who don't know, and I don't know, we, have, we haven't talked about this, Katie, but there's two places I know that can do that. One existing right now is Podetize, which is like literally as a click of a button, you can swap in and out um, 
swapping in and out uh, intros. You have to be a hosting provider with them uh, or be their hosting provider. Another one is Captivate, which I know is they're coming up. They're they're building this technology where you could literally have someone, a VA go in and click, drag and drop the new intro and, or the new call to action, which is going to be really, really cool because you'll be able to monetize. You'll be able to, to, to basically um, use your entire catalog of episodes on like directing all the traffic to that one promotion, which will be awesome. Um, I've got a few more questions for you, Katie, if that's cool. Uh, sure, definitely. It's, it's just like awesome just to nerd out with you a bit here on, <laughs> on marketing. Um, cause it's you're, great you're that someone actually cares. Like uh, Lauren on our team is the only person who cares about the <laughs> metrics to me. And she's like, I should be the one doing the, epi- the episode because I know all the download stuff. I'm like, no, you're right. She actually does. Should've... So I love talking about it because it, it does work as a business tool. It, it's super fun to do and it's a great way to connect, yeah. but like it's actually working to drive sales. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the fun part for me. I mean, it's fun to connect with people. Yes. But like, I know a lot of people do that, but they don't make any money because it's not set up properly. Um, so let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, like some of the things you've learned along the way and, and some of the cool things you've done to make your, 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 your podcast different. For example, you mentioned you had a six month, um, anniversary or kind of a six month party. Oh, yeah. For your, on the podcast because like at six months babies have to start it's kind of when they start like baby led weaning correct exactly so we said you know um, if the podcast were a baby it would be time for them to start solid foods we're six months in so we did a contest and a giveaway and we shared like our favorite episodes we did you know people like to hear the back end of it, like the most downloaded one or the the best interview that people listen to or the one that we mm. thought like we've learned anytime we talk about breastfeeding it's not a breastfeeding podcast. I was like, why would they care about breastfeeding? They already figured out breastfeeding. They want to know, they want to keep breastfeeding as they should, if they want to, if mom and baby want to keep breastfeeding, great. They want to know how they can breastfeed and do solid successfully. So we realized, um, something we realized a lot was with the titles. Like, I mean, I will write, Mm. I love writing clickbait titles, like my captions (laughs) on Instagram. Sometimes I, I just like, actually when we were at that Amy Porterfield event, I remember Jasmine Starr spoke and it was like five tricks to like, you know, increase engagement on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I know all these, but like I tried hers. I'm like, well, this works just a little bit better. Like there's always tweaks you can do. So for writing the titles of our episode, we've gotten a little more, I hate to say clickbaity, but like putting the important word up front, like you can't yeah. wait till 10 words in to say breastfeeding. If you know, breastfeeding is going to get them. You've got it. So we will, we will do like on Slack, we'll go back and forth. It only takes five minutes, but here's what I'm thinking. And three other people chime in. No, no, you got to switch it. Put breastfeeding up front. No, you got to mm. like, you make it a little bit more gimmicky or a little bit more captivating like, because if yeah. you're scrolling through, you know, and it looks boring, people aren't no going to click on it. So we've really worked on the titles. It's just like an email. It doesn't matter what's in your email. People don't open it. Like, we mm-hmm. study the heck out of our of, of our open rates in in podcasts. We find that the more time we spend on the title, it's like who cares how great the interview is if nobody listens to it. If the title's exactly. not good, they're not going to click on it. You know, so that's right. that's been helpful. Is just having, I guess, having fun with that as well. And then the one thing we moved into in year two is um, because we already have so much traction on Instagram is really for guests that already have established Instagram presence. Mm-hmm. It really helps with growth. So we make amazing content and, and digital assets, five to six slides for the guest that they'll repost, which really helps us with growth. So trying to focus on if it's between two guests, we really do go with the person that has the larger social media presence at this point. Um, and and that's not for everything. We do really obscure stuff. Like the lady who wrote the egg ladder in research and has seven followers, like she's still the person that needs to talk about the egg ladder. But if it's kind of a more, you know, nebulous topic, uh, we have been able to partner with people with much bigger followings than us because 
we're touching an audience that they want to be exposed to as well. When you say, listen, we're continually top rated in parenting um, this week, we're number eight in parenting or this week we're number two. Mm-hmm. They're not, they want to talk to the parents in that category as well. So even if they have a big following on one platform, they're more inclined to talk with you. Um, yeah, I don't have a million followers on Instagram, but people with a million followers on Instagram will come on my podcast because of number two in parenting. Right. Yeah. You've been, you've been really strategic in leveraging your success. And that like, for anyone listening, if you're number 97 in whatever category or 110, you can still use that. Cause there's 1.9 million freaking podcasts top out there. So rated. Exactly. When you say top rated, it's good. a little bit ambiguous, but it's true, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could say top rated 200, top rated 100, top rated 50. You guys, like you've been leveraging that really well to become these big guests. Um, so last thing I wanted to chat about, so we kind of talked about this a little bit, it's a six month thing. What did you do? I'm curious for like, did you guys get creative in, this is the last question for me too. And, and like, did you guys get creative for Easter or Christmas or no, like, you know, Thanksgiving, anything around that? Cause you think you're really good at like theming and making different. Yeah, like, we're pretty themed events. out to be honest, but like, um, we just try to go a little bit different. So Mother's Day is a no brainer. We launched on Mother's Day and everyone knows moms do baby led weaning, but we did Father's Day where we had, listen, mm. if there's a dude or a dad in your life who is pro baby led weaning, can you have them contact me? And so we had like 20 people just contact us by DM. Give me your email. We emailed them a link. They, they, they sent in something on SpeakPipe. Like listen, in 60 seconds or less, you have to say why you like baby led weaning. And then we had like 20 snippets that we could then edit down and it was just so cool to hear the, the dads speaking about baby led weaning because most people yeah. expect to hear from moms speaking about it. But dads being like, no, this is super cool. And then a lot of the moms were like, I just gave that episode to my husband or my partner. And that's what convinced them. So like a lot of this is like speaking to the conversation that your audience is having in their head. I already convinced them that baby led weaning is great. We need to convince your mother-in-law or daycare or um, mm. the the dad or, who, or, the, or the nanny. So like that's been kind of fun is just thinking, okay, what are they struggling with right now? So having the the Father's Day episode was super fun. And then um, when we hit episode 100, we wanted to do something really special. And so in in our field, there's a woman named Jill Rapley who basically invented baby led weaning. Like she is, Mm -hmm. she's the godmother of baby led weaning. We called her the founding philosopher. She doesn't like to be referred to as the inventor because, you know, Mm -hmm. prior to the advent of commercial baby food, Babies ate modified versions of the same foods the rest of the family ate. Like, it's not revolutionary to not feed your baby baby food just in the last 100 years. We had her on in a two-part interview series. Like, she co-authored the original Baby Led Weaning book and just let it roll. I mean, she spoke for like 40 minutes, and it was amazing. And we transcribed that two episodes, Mm. and we probably turned it into 100 other pieces of content. She was so gracious to share her time. And she was like, you know, I said, here's a whole podcast that's about this philosophy that you started. And she was so grateful to come on. Like never when I started did I think, oh gosh, I'll be able to get the baby led weaning lady on. But 100 episodes later, you definitely can. So just just celebrating little milestones is fun like that. Um, We're kind of coming up on the year mark and what we're going to do. We're doing a lot of stuff about when you transition to the one year mark. Like our podcast is transitioning to one as your baby approaches one. You know, here's how you transition to cow's milk. Just kind of tying it in to have like kind of a party for no reason. I feel like 2020 has taught us that like you can celebrate anything no matter how minute it is. Um, And so, yeah, just, just having fun with with the days. But Mother's Day, Father's Day, certainly for our community was big as well. Um, we did a really fun one too around um, Thanksgiving time is a lot of times for families, you know, th- um, holidays can be stressful because it's the first time your baby will be eating in front of other family members. So you might be comfortable f- mm-hmm. watching your baby eat meat and whole grains, but like grandma or the aunts and the uncles won't. So we did a big push the week before Thanksgiving. We called it meat week. We did five days of, um, it was an email opt-in with a lot of training 
on Instagram, but we tied every single episode in the month leading up to that to meet. So we, and we had it sponsored by um, ButcherBox, for example. So we gave away, um, you know, five ButcherBox uh, home delivered high quality meat subscription boxes if you left a nice. review or what have you. So you're tying it into the podcast with the contest stuff. And that's something we really learned from you. Like, I will be honest, I used to think contests were really gimmicky. And I was like, this is so much work. And it ended up being <laughs> so amazing. Like the contest, we just kind yeah. of have replicated the contest model, um, but just tweaking it and making it a little bit different. I think people are mm -hmm. used to seeing like really cheesy, like follow loops on Instagram, um, which, you know, you're just getting a bunch of followers that aren't really interested in who you are. I think yeah. we've made the contest. So like you have to actually listen to the podcast and if you already like it, then here's a contest. Um, and just to kind of make it, make it fun for parents. So they're already listening anyway, just to engage a little bit more with your content and also to move them around platforms. You found me on Instagram. Come check me out on the podcast. I'm going to be interviewing the CEO mm -hmm. of, you know, X, Y, or Z company that you guys are all familiar with. Um, also allowing them to submit questions is a big one. Like, um, but you have to get Huge. on the email list to submit questions. So again, just trying to Bingo. get their email so yep. that you can continue to talk to them, have them listening, but please leave a review. And then if you're on, on Instagram, that's helping with your following as well. I love that. Like, so that, that was a ton of information. First of all, thank you, Katie, for coming on here and sharing that. Um, the, the last idea around getting, getting their email for a question, super, super huge. Um, I'm sure you guys have done really, really well with that in terms of Q and a and teeing those up. Um, any thoughts, uh, things I should have asked you around the podcast? Um, anything that I missed that you wanted to share? Um, one thing we tried to do is we kind of gotten this tip, um, that to show up in, I don't, it's not called new and notable or like noteworthy, like as yeah, we like were top, approaching the one, shows. yeah, as we mm -hmm. were approaching the 100 mark, like we knew months in advance that we were going to get a two part interview with Jill Rapley, which was huge because she's kind of coming on and speaking about the philosophy that she invented. And she, we really wanted to get on Apple's noteworthy. And so you can like apply to be in, but yes, we didn't start can. early enough, which was stupid because we had known so far in advance that we were going to do this. So we, I think like three weeks before it dropped, we started pushing and it wasn't enough time. And we ended up not, not getting that. I think that would have been really helpful, but I realized like you, you kind of do control your own destiny. Like if you can do podcast review pushes, reviews mm -hmm. help so much. And it's not a lot. Like we might've gotten like 50 more reviews in eight days, but we if you just let them trickle in, like people don't leave reviews unless you give them a reason to. And yes. that's something that's helped happen so much with growth. So I think like, rather than trying to get Apple to elevate your podcast, you realize like, gosh, we can elevate our own podcast with review pushes. Downloads mm -hmm. is one thing. Word of mouth is one thing. Contests are one thing. But like, if you can find ways to get more written reviews, that's just gold. I mean, if they're good, we've had mostly good ones, um, which is good. Uh, you know, a few, <laughs> yeah. she talks too fast yeah. or, you know, you know, people, people, you know, she's always talking about her workshop. Yeah. I mean, the workshops where you can learn everything. If you like this in small increments, the workshop is two hours of this. Um, so, right. you know, you can't be everyone's cup those. of tea, but I think the, if you like the podcasting platform, you kind of mm -hmm. make the podcast something you would want to listen to, I guess is something we've been trying to do. Like we would, we would throw something around our teams and be like, no, dude, it's so annoying when people do that. You're like, yeah, that is annoying. I'm not going to do that. How can we do it slightly different to make people pay right. attention? Yeah. I, I think you've been really good at innovating. Um, first of all, you're super consistent. You guys track the numbers and you get dialed in with that. And you have systems built out to really 
take care of everything. So I've that those are two things that I think people may overlook. That has or they, not been hard. Like following your system, like the reason why we decided to work with you is like we need an accountability partner because everybody says they want to have a podcast, but I will have a podcast by Mother's Day of 2020. Oh my God, there's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. We're still doing it. The internet <laughs> yeah. still works. Like we can still do this. But having the system, like to be honest, it's the part of the business that runs the most efficiently and effectively because we have the systems in place and we would have never been able to learn that if that hadn't been from working with you or we might have learned it but we probably wouldn't have actually done it like we had accountability and deadlines and just doing everything piece by piece so that you know when we launched with those 20 episodes I go back and listen to them like they're cringeworthy for sure like how did I not know to say consistently (laughs) far away from the mic or like you can tell our art you could tell our VA was editing but there's still some of our most downloaded episodes. And if that's how people find you and you're getting better, it's like, just keep moving forward. I do like that your wife listens to a podcast from the beginning. That's something to think about though. Like people do go back and do that. Maybe I should go back and re-edit those first 20. So one trick I had someone share with me, um, because I've listened to this guy named, you may have heard of Jim Quick. Um, But uh, one of the things I've heard someone recently tell me is that he he says this, he says something to the tune of like, hey guys, this this, um, podcast is supposed to be, is layered on. So you you should go back and listen to the first episodes because it kind of goes in succession. Like every episode kind of builds on each other. So it's almost like a book, you know, jump in from the beginning and then follow us up to here. That way, you know, you can have a lot more, it'll, you'll learn much more um, congruently or just easier. Yeah. I always tell them about so. two or three other episodes that are somewhat linked because sometimes you feel like, I'm like, oh my smart. gosh, our audience turns over. We're just like repeating the same content over and over. You're not, you change the title or you change the guest, and then you tell them about the three other episodes and I'll link to them on the show notes. And then you tell them go to blwpodcast.com. Like they're kind of getting trained to cycle back into your own content. Don't go out and look that thing up on the internet, I have another episode for you that I, I then tell them about in that current episode. Yeah. Super smart. Last question on planning. Do you, how, how do you plan for your podcast episodes? Uh, we have a Google sheet that's mapped out to the end of the year. So all, with all the mm-hmm. dates in there, and as we have ideas that kind of correlate, you, you can dump them in there. And then we, we basically finalize them. We kind of look at two three months at a time and with yeah. launches being like, okay, we have, for example, we have a food allergy course launching in May in correlation with food allergy awareness week. We blocked off eight weeks leading up. All the interviews are going to be about food allergies. So we're, we're priming mm. the pump to get our audience interested in food allergies. And then we're going to have a free webinar and you can come to the webinar and then hopefully you're going to buy the course. So right. kind of putting it around your existing content calendar. At first I was like, I don't have the capacity. I already run a full-time business with a crazy content calendar for Instagram email marketing, seven kids at home. It's like, I'm not gonna be able to do this, but yeah. it, having the podcast schedule actually makes it easier to do all of my other content and vice versa because it is overlapped or interspersed. And sometimes we will change stuff and then all the graphics are already made. We were going to do an episode on berries and then we realized we had to do corn because you know, this whole grains <laughs> week or whatever. And yeah. you know, we, you, you can change stuff, but we're changing because we want to, not because we have to, I guess. And that's one thing I just, I love about the podcast is you're ultimately in control of your own content. And then having the interview model at the beginning, I was like, people don't want to listen to me all the time. My mom said that she's like, are people just going to listen to you talk? Like that sounds so boring. I was like, I agree. But also interviewing takes so much time to set up the right interviews to do the research and get the people and get on their calendar. And you have to be flexible. Mm -hmm. If if they're a bigger name than you, I wake up at three in the morning to interview. um, uh, Oh, one other cool story. I want to tell you, there was this mom on TikTok who made, she's originally from the Congo. She lives in New York and she made her baby lamb curry. 
like that's a totally normal thing to do in baby led weaning world. Like I was like mm-hmm. lamb curry is awesome. Babies love eating lamb, but people went psycho on TikTok. Like um, someone threatened to call CPS on her because she was feeding her baby TikTok or f- feeding her baby lamb curry on TikTok. So on yeah. Instagram, people started DMing me. Did you, you see this article? Did you see this article? I'm like, no, because I don't like read all the clickbait news. <laughs> this article was everywhere. Um, parents threatened CPS for mom feeding baby lamb curry. I was like, we need the lamb curry mom on the podcast right now. So we got her because everybody wanted to interview her because they wanted to like talk about the people that were hating on her on TikTok. And I got to interview her because I wanted the lamb curry recipe. Like, tell me where you're from. Okay. So in the yeah. Congo, people don't eat baby food, right? She's like the way I grew up. No. How do you make the lamb curry recipe? And she happened to like have this cool room. And then she was just starting this business where she was selling like curry spices. So we, like, we could kind of help support her business and she, mm. she like still to this day will write to me and be like, thank you so much. You're the only person when I was like an internet sensation who emailed or who interviewed me because you wanted to learn about the good stuff I was doing, which was like how I was feeding my baby. And so like, yeah, I felt good because we weren't capitalizing on this like story and this mom is getting bashed on TikTok and everywhere for feeding her baby and lamb curry. We got to be like, no, she's like, you normalized what I was doing. Like you're making it normal for babies to eat real food, which by the way, it's always been normal. It just went abnormal for a while. And like, that was really cool to be able to layer in like a current event thing. And that was an event. That was an episode where we had to bump someone else who was like a little bit upset, but we're like, sorry, like this TikTok lady is huge right now. Um, and everyone and the people want that lamb curry recipe, which we don't give it on the podcast. You got to go to the show notes to get the (laughs) lamb curry recipe. And then like, it went through the roof, but it was cool. It was a cool way to support another mom. Um, it was a cool way to leverage a current event story, but just a little bit different. Yeah. Not like, tell me how much everyone hated you on TikTok. It was like, yeah. that's so cool. Tell me about the lamb curry recipe. So that was really fun. And that was like, that was like moms on Instagram who DM me like, this is so interesting. I was like, how, how can we leverage this? Maybe she'll come on the podcast. Cause everyone like Perfect. she was on good morning America to the today show and everything. Um, and I still, she still shares that podcast episode. And I know she's been interviewed on way, way bigger, you know, outlets because we supported her on our platform. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just like a cool intersection of events. That's, that's amazing. First of all, um, that you were able to like kind of turn that situation into a good situation for that person and, um, share, like get used to the recipe as a way, as a way to obviously attract more business and people into your world, but in a way that's going to mutually support someone else. Um, I love that. I never heard about that lady, by the way. Interesting. Well, I'm not in your, not in your world. Different yeah, part but of the like internet. That's why I love working with you. Cause but... I love your sister. Cause your sister knows everything. Does she have five? She has five kids, right? Like, she has four. Yeah. Four kids. I remember I met yes. her at the Amy Porterfield event and I was like, I mean, Lewis seems cool, but like, let's, she's like, no, this is crazy. Like people don't know how to feed their baby. Like, yes, you need a podcast. Like, she was, but I yeah, love to hear the people you guys are you. working with too. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you can learn, I don't have time to study other business podcasts to be honest. So I love like, right just kind of getting the tips and tricks from you of like the things that other people are doing. I mean, I learned so much just from your clients, but I don't have time to listen to all of their podcasts. Of course. Of course. Totally. Well, Katie, I'll wrap this one up here. Thank you again for coming on and sharing like a ton of amazing tips. You guys are gonna have to listen to this again. Katie speaks a little fast, but she's awesome. I know. Cause she's so laser focused. Yeah. Put it on 0.75 and you're good. Um, no, someone did say <laughs> in a review, she's the only podcast I don't listen to on 1.2 X. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, cool. Like I'm my own 1.2x. <laughs> exactly. You are automatically set on 1.2. All good. Thanks again, uh, Katie. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you.